Welcome to the Audacious Generosity Podcast. Here we celebrate giving without the pressure to give. Audacious Generosity is where God is the giver and giving depends on what God puts into your hands. Now, here's your host, Kevin White. Hello, this is Kevin White. Can you believe January's almost over? This long-awaited year of 2021 is off to a start, and I hope you're able to give a witness that it's off to a great start for you. It has been for me. I hope the same for you. Welcome to Audacious Generosity. I sincerely appreciate everyone in the USA, India, Thailand, around the world listening to the Audacious Generosity podcast. If you haven't already, will you please take just a moment and subscribe to make sure you don't miss a single episode coming up. And if you are on an app like Apple Podcasts where you can leave a review, I would love for your most positive review possible. Please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you at kevinwhite.us. You can email me at kevin at kevinwhite.us. This month, we have declared January 2021 to be a month of destination for audacious generosity. I've actually provided the ultimate spoiler alert, taking you to the very back of my book. I am a destination-driven person. You would drive me crazy if you handed me a map and it told me to go two miles and turn right and go five miles, turn left, and 20 miles and turn right, and 40 miles and turn left, and I had no idea where I was headed. That would be one of the most miserable journeys of my life. But I don't necessarily have to know when I'm gonna turn right or when I'm going to turn left, at least if if at least I know where I am headed, and so I have done for you what I wish others would do for me, and I have given you the destination of audacious generosity. Beginning January the fifth, twenty twenty one, we looked at the final conclusion chapter of audacious generosity. And each week this month, we have been walking through the final applications in section three of audacious generosity. Section three is setting others free, living generously to give more. And on today's episode, we're going to actually look together at application number three, commit in advance to give any surplus away. And I want to hand walk you through that application. Are you with me on the journey of living with audacious generosity? Let's get started. Application number three, commit in advance to give away any surplus. In your journal, make a list of all budget categories for which you use your income to cover. I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. For example, tithes and offerings, housing, utilities, medical, transportation, food, clothing, and grooming. Feel free to add more. I want you to take time and calculate your living cost. How much do you need? Does your current income cover what you need to cover your living cost? If not, then start praying specifically for God to cover this. He has promised to supply all your needs. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. If you already have surplus, then calculate the amount of surplus you have. I encourage you to honor God with your surplus and watch what he does in and through your life. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. God loves and honors planned giving. Prioritize God's values, motives, and mission above your own and watch what God does. Whether you have surplus right now or not, I encourage you to determine in advance that you are going to honor God with what he puts into your hands. I want you to agree that everything you are and have belongs to God. I want you to take a moment and open up your hands before God. Pray and commit in advance to give away any surplus for the advancement of the gospel. Watch what happens. I encourage you to take time to worship using the songs available by Elevation Worship or follow you anywhere by passion. There are many great humanitarian causes, but I want you to keep in mind that God's more is always more of himself or more for himself. Keep in mind God's mission is to spread his presence upon the earth. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come, NIV. Invest God's surplus into the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Invest taking the gospel to people who are yet to hear about Jesus. Key verse, you must decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven NLT. The point we set others free when we live open-handedly. Taking these three action steps provides three benefits to you. Living generously for God, setting others free to experience God's unconditional love and acceptance, and giving more of God than you ever thought possible. Congratulations on setting others free. The result of you flipping the switch from get to give from greed to generosity and from burden to blessing is you setting others free. Setting others free allows you to live generously for God. Now, nothing is limiting God from being the giver and giving through you. Now, God is free. You are free and others are free. Now your motives and intentions align with God's motives and intentions. Now you can wake up every day looking for ways to be more generous. This is the life God has always wanted for you. This is the life you have always wanted. Pastor Raja opens his hands and his home. One year 
After I turned from my first trip to India, I received a letter from Pastor Raja, a local pastor in Hyderabad, India, which took a month to arrive by boat. In the letter, Pastor Raja said, I can no longer align myself with the Lord Jesus Christ and ignore the cries of the poor on my doorstep. My wife and I have prayed, opened our doors, and began caring for orphan and disabled children. I had grown up in the church, been a Christ follower for two decades, and I had never before heard anyone say, I can't align myself with the Lord Jesus Christ and not take this action. It was a bold witness that rattled my faith. I had only met Pastor Raja briefly. I knew he was a humble servant of God. I saw how he was already raising their daughter by faith. I knew he had nothing in his hands to feed these children. At the time, I wondered how these children would survive. This was one of my first examples of audacious generosity. For more than 20 years, I've witnessed the faithfulness of God to miraculously feed, house, educate, and abundantly care for hundreds of children through Raja's home. You should know that Pastor Raja's daughter is now studying in the USA, pursuing her master's degree. This is nothing short of a miracle and evidence of God's faithfulness. Living generously to give more. The time has come for you to open your hands like Pastor Raja and so many others. Bring it on. Welcome back. So you've been listening to the audiobook of Audacious Generosity. And I've just shared with you application number three, commit in advance to give any surplus away. And the conclusion of chapter 15 on application in Audacious Generosity. And so I want to just take a moment and look at this chapter together. Do you live by a budget? I remember when we had no money, it was necessary for us to have a budget because it was very nerve-wracking to just live without enough funding coming in. And God really used that to discipline my wife and I to put together a budget. And from that moment forward, God has always honored us to live by a budget. But I also remember being called to give when we didn't have funds to give. And so this book, Audacious Generosity, is not a book by a rich man telling poor people how to give generously, because that is not my story, and that is that is not how my life of audacious generosity began. I actually remember being called of God to give before I actually had funds to give. And I am convinced that 
the success, the reason there is a book now, Audacious Generosity, the reason that I have seen the privilege and the honor of God of living a life of audacious generosity, the reason that there is a ministry where I am the executive director called Global Hope India, where we have taken a thousand people over. I've flown over a million miles to 27 different countries. I've been to India. India over 50 times. We've raised over $6 million for God's work uh, in India. The reason for this kind of favor from God is because before any of it began, I have purposed in my heart what I would do as God bless me. And I am convinced equally that so many of my brothers and sisters in Christ have missed those opportunities because they had never taken the opportunity to commit in advance. I cannot drill home that word in advance or those two words in advance enough to you. I cannot encourage you enough to pay attention to the call of God, the opportunity to commit in advance what you will do with any surplus. I want to just read the key verse out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, that says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, New Living Translation. And I want to just talk to you a minute about this verse. The first part is deciding in your heart how much to give. If you do a study from the Old Testament into the New Testament, you'll never, ever convince me that God has not established the principle of first fruits and the guidance of giving a 10% tithe to the local storehouse. And you'll never convince me that God did away with that. You'll never show me a verse where God said, at this point, I called my people to give 10% of their income, but that is no longer necessary. I'm no longer calling you to that. And yet I have heard so many people, followers of God say, oh, I believe that was back then. That's not for now. And yet they're not living in a living relationship with God. They're not experiencing the glory of God in their life because they have abandoned the principle principles of God and are not being obedient to the guidance of God. And I'm not after your money. I'm not your local storehouse. This is not in any way, shape or form your pastor encouraging you to give so that the bills of the church can be paid. It does not matter whether your church is faithful or not. You and I are called to be faithful. And I don't say that because I doubt the faithfulness of the local churches. It really doesn't matter though. You and I are called by God to decide in advance to and set that apart that we are going to obey God's word. And it starts in my perspective, based on the authority of God's word, it starts with 10%. Give your tithe 
to the local storehouse. That is your place of worship. And yes, in 2020, church buildings were shut down, but you should be in community with a group of believers that is collecting an offering for the work and the mission of God. And you should be giving that 10% away from your household, away from your decision-making over to the body of Christ for the upbuilding of God's kingdom, for the advancement of the gospel so that more people can have access to hear about Jesus. I encourage you to start there. But then I also shared in the book uh, the story about Reverend John Wesley in the 1700s, how he began tithing. And by the end of his life, God had positioned him to give away 90% for the gospel and to live on 10%. And I am convinced that that is possible in 2021. But where are the people of God purposing in their heart that God's 10% can become greater than their 90% today? I am one of those people that will believe God is able to give a greater 10% to the man and woman that will purpose in their heart to give in advance the surplus for the fulfillment of the Great Commission, and that that 10% would be greater than the 90% that we would strive to, to live on. But God is limitless began to purpose by setting apart. And so let's say that you make $100,000, okay? And that your expenses at mortgage, retirement, whatever you want to put in there is 75,000. That provides 25,000 of surplus. And for me, I would have I would have already paid my tithe, okay? In that 75,000 or whatever. The tithing is is where it begins but then you purpose before god that any surplus that he gives you you would use for the great commission and watch what happens and let's just say that you can already today calculate surplus well you've got surplus and you should commit it in advance it's january of 2021 commit what you're going to do with the surplus in 2021 give it to the upbuilding of his kingdom to the fulfillment of the gospel that matthew chapter 24 verse 14 can be fulfilled in your lifetime in my lifetime let it be so Amen. Let it be so. And so let's say you don't have any surplus. Let's say that you make 50,000 and yet your in your expenses are 75,000 and you should begin to tithe and you should pray until you watch God meet every need. Paul said, and my God shall supply all your needs. So if you realistically need 75,000, and you are only making 50,000 in your household, then there is a $25,000 deficit. This is not a surplus, this is a deficit. And you should stand on God's word as a tither and continue to be faithful unto the Lord, expecting that God somehow, some way is going to stand good and meeting every need. And it may not come through your bank account. It could be that people give you bags of 
clothes and you don't have to buy clothes for your children for the next two years. Or maybe someone gives your family a car or maybe they repair your car and you don't have to pay $2,500 for a repair bill. It's, it's by the grace of God. And on and on and on, I could give examples of how God will intervene. And by the end of the year, you'll have more than 75000 in value of God providing. Start taking a journal. I just challenge you. I did this when we had nothing. I began a journal of amazing grace. And I started just writing every single thing God gave us. Because we were in a season where God had faith, had been bold in his promises to us, but we were not having boldness show up in our bank account. And yet God makes it very clear that he was, he is able to give us gifts that moth and rust cannot destroy. And, and so I began just writing it down. A family dropped by four bags of clothes for our children. A family bought Christmas gifts for our son. A family replaced our son's bike whenever it was stolen. On and on and on, these gifts would show up. And I'd put just some type of, of conservative monetary value to it. I wish you could see how... If I had exchanged that for a paycheck, I would be the loser because God gave so much more than I could have ever asked for or imagined in a paycheck. And sometimes we rob ourselves because we try to put God in a box. And so in, in section one, I plead with you to set God free. Let him provide however he wants to provide. He is faithful. He has committed with his own character to meet every need. In section two, I plead with you to set yourself free because sometimes we will get insecure and we will run through our life in restlessness because we are trying to find security apart from Christ, and it will drive us crazy. I've been there. I've done that. And here in section three, I'm pleading with you to set others free. And I'm giving you this practical example, this application of really living uh, with audacious generosity by committing in advance to give away any surplus. So then Paul says to the Corinthians, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Well, right there is something that we have heard preached, but we've never really seen practiced in the church. I love the body of Christ. I am a leader. I'm a pastor. And I love the big C church, the kingdom of God. But I have to confess as one of our leaders we put pressure on man to provide instead of teaching men and women in our churches that God is the giver. And right here is one of the primary scriptures of that principle. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Giving is not about how much can I twist your arm to get you to give. And so we should be planning out our giving systematically we should be giving every time if you know you're getting five hundred dollars on friday you should be giving 
a tenth of that, $50 to the local storehouse, to your place of worship, away from your family income, away from your decision making, you should give it for the upbuilding of God's kingdom, that there can be more than enough in God's house. You plan in advance to do that. You don't wait until you ha- you are under pressure or you feel like you're very reluctant to, to give this gift, but giving should be that focused in our life. When we go to church, we we put on certain clothes, we go at a certain time, we go in and we do certain things and giving should be one of those focuses. You should you should plan and be ready to give. One of the reasons church attendance flounders from time to time is because we don't have this principle of taking the whole tithe into the storehouse. A church, we don't really have much of a, of a pressure about going to church, but I promise you where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. And so you give your tithe and you are going to watch your church attendance increase, not decrease. And then it says, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I don't know about you, but right then and there is where I have had to just uh, call uh, for failure in my own life because there's been so many times I was anything but cheerful about giving. Um, If you are real honest, you would probably have to admit that as well. One of the things that I've learned in writing Audacious Generosity is you and I will never, ever know how to be a cheerful giver until we see our Heavenly Father as the ultimate cheerful giver. And yet that's what's missing in the discipleship of the body of Christ is the local church showing and teaching people that God is not only the giver, but he is a cheerful giver. And therefore he waits for opportunity to give through you. If you and I will open up our hands, he is so hilariously cheerful about giving through us that there there will be surplus and we will be tithers and we will be giving with audacious generosity and we'll know our heavenly father's heart in this subject of giving for God so love that he gave and you can live a life overflowing with love and a life overflowing with audacious generosity. That's where we're headed. If you haven't began reading the book, Audacious Generosity, I can't, I don't know how to encourage you anymore to read it. There's no better book that you'll read in 2021 that will change your life and grow you spiritually and transform you more into the likeness of God than audacious generosity. Outside of the Holy Bible, I strongly encourage you to get a copy, do whatever it takes, get a copy. You can get a paperback, hardback, you can get the ebook, you can read it on Kindle, you can get the audiobook wherever audiobooks are sold. But make sure, if you haven't already, that you read Audacious Generosity. And join me back here next week as we live a life with audacious generosity. God bless you all. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Audacious Generosity podcast. 
Join us next week as we open our hands up to God and let him fill them for the Great Commission. Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity, was an instant international bestseller on Amazon. Audacious Generosity is now available worldwide on Amazon in paperback, hardback, ebook, and audiobook. You'll find the Audacious Generosity ebook on Apple Books, Kindle, Google Play, and all the popular online ebook stores. The Audacious Generosity audiobook was recorded by Kevin himself, and reviewers are loving it. The audiobook can be found online in over 40 audiobook stores worldwide, including Audible, Apple, Google, and more. Buy Audacious Generosity for yourself. Gift it to your family and friends for the holidays. Discover why Audacious Generosity was an instant bestseller. Audacious Generosity is all about you enjoying a living relationship with God that's fueled by courage, characterized by freedom, and overflowing with audacious generosity. Get your copy today.